You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smoking Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And what are we smoking this week? Ah, uh, this week we have the Punch Knuckle Buster Maduro. A little remix of a, a classic smoke we have we have reviewed back in the day. I mean, dude, we reviewed it like a couple of months ago. Does that automatically make it a classic? It's been longer than that, man. It's probably been about a year since the first Knuckle no. Buster came out. These all blend together. At 185 shows, it's like, yeah, yeah, we just smoked that. And you look at the numbers like, oh, no, that was like episode 20. <laughs> oh. So, so long ago. Yeah, but the Knuckle Duster was one of our, like, kind the of favorite duster. cheap cigar. Knuckle Buster. Whatever. <laughs> one of our favorite, like, cheap cigar, you know, budget price cigars. I mean, at the at 670 I think, originally, and since, you know. Inflation, Q year Biden, I did that sticker. And they've gone up to six ninety five, but still that's very uh nice price for what is a quality cigar in my opinion. Well now Mr. Punch has released the Maduro version and he says, you know, it's a badass Maduro cigar made for badass cigar smokers like you. I mean short sweep <laughs> yeah. Short, simple, and elegant. I like it. Yes, this one uh, sports a Connecticut broadleaf Maduro wrapper bound in premium Indonesian leaf and finished with delicious Nicaraguan fillers. Uh, I think what they're going for is a little bit of that sweet, spicy combination that we are all such fans of here at the Cigar Nerds. Should have notes of cocoa, black cherry, nuts, and molasses. Yeah. You know, the, the thing I like about, you know, these types of cigars... Is, you know, they're very inexpensive. So, you know, folks that want to potentially step away from, you know, their lighter cigars, experiment. Like, this is a very budget-friendly, and the quality of the cigar is there. So it's not like, hey, I just bought this $2 cigar that tastes like straight butt because, uh, you know, it's supposed to be stronger than I typically smoke and I hate it. (laughs) You know, this is a great gateway cigar to, you know, folks that want to try something, you know, a little darker, maybe. Maybe you've never smoked something with a Maduro um, wrapper on it. Or, you know, hey, want to move from this extremely light, airy to something maybe with a little touch of pepper, a little bit of spice, a little bit of, you know, different flavorings. Yeah, and uh, like I said, if you've smoked the... uh... The OG uh, Knuckle Buster. It was a Habano wrapper, so it had a little bit more of that that pepperiness to us. Where this one's a little, little sweeter. You got that said that cocoa and molasses hints, and also at the price point too. It's it's a great cigar if you're like, I might not have a whole lot of time. I'm not going to be as concerned with leaving a little bit left of this cigar if I have to like suddenly leave or do something where I need to put down my cigar. Yeah, I. 
it hurts a lot more to throw down a, a $13 stick than it does a, a $6 stick if I have to, like, take off. Absolutely. And I will say that, you know, prior to us smoking, um, I believe this is a 660, is it not? Yes, this one is the uh, 660. It also comes in a 5x52. So I, I did try the 5x52 prior to recording, and it definitely did not have the flavor profile that the 660 has. So I would recommend folks... Go ahead, get the larger stick. Um, you'll have, it. in my opinion, a much more enjoyable smoking experience. Yeah, I smoked cause... one of those the other day when I only had like an hour. Like I had like a hard out where I had to leave at a certain time, so I got the smaller one just on the, the time I had. And yeah, it, this one's a definitely a lot bigger flavor in the 660 I mean, I versus the, the 5x52. I noticed the flavor change like immediately upon lighting, and I was like, this is the cigar that I remember from the Knuckle Buster. <laughs> you know, and if uh, you're going to bust some knuckles, maybe you should listen to some metal music. Because this week, we're going to be talking about a new Netflix film called Metal Lords. So learn a little thing about metal. And if you're going to go listen to some metal, you should call in the Strikeforce. Strikeforceenergy.com. Promo code Cigar Nerds gets you 20% off your order and gives you enough caffeine to make it through the mosh pit. Yeah, if that's still a thing, yeah, the kids these days haven't uh, been to a <laughs> I've reached that age where I'm like, nah, that mosh pit looks fun, but I don't want to hurt the next day. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Just go for it. <laughs> Can't feel my legs. <laughs> I don't know. I forgot what concert. Oh, it was uh, Fit for a King and a few other metalcore bands and I don't know if I was sore from throwing, you know, crowd surfers over, you know, the gate to security for them to, you know, be escorted back around or, you know, if it was for the few times that I did get in the pit. But I was like, I must be getting old because concerts hurt. <laughs> no, I just remember when we went to uh, interview MC Lars and uh, <laughs> while we were waiting around, it was like. Yeah, I'm going to go jump in this pit real quick. And you come back with like a footprint on your chest. <laughs> How it goes. And I'm like, did you have fun? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that does not look like it went as planned. <laughs> should see the other guy. <laughs> but with that, we're going to get into this here show. Welcome back. It's time to talk about metal. 
So you just do it with me like we did before the mic. No, that's that's <laughs> one of those things that happens off air that you should have had the camera rolling for, but you didn't. So, you know, it lost lost all its value and meaning. <laughs> yes, if you've not heard of Metal Lord, you're not alone because I had no clue about this movie. But we cut the cord, we got no cable, and I'm kind of running out of shit to watch on all my streaming services, and I'm just like. Let me just see what's on the trending list. And like I'm like, huh, Metal Lords. I like some metal. Let me see what the, if this is worth watching. And it was surprisingly good for a... I, I think I say a lot about Netflix movies, but it was one that, like, from the poster, I'm like, I don't recognize any of these people that's, that's advertised as the leads. I'm like, I have no idea what this is, but fuck it, but I got nothing else to Starring the most brutal metalhead <laughs> there ever was. Yeah, I was like, there's so many, like... Big name cameos in it. I mean, the main. Uh, yeah, if you've not seen it yet, like I said, it's Netflix original and it's a teen comedy drama written by DB Wise, which is uh, one of the Game of Thrones uh, series writers, uh, and directed by Peter Salette about two high school friends who decide to form a metal a band against societal norms. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, going into this, I was like, oh, it's going to be similar to Pick of Destiny. But, no, it really wasn't. I mean, it was, like, I was going through this, and I was like, yep, that was my high school angst metalhead days. <laughs> like, you know, granted, I wasn't just the, you know, oh, I'm into metal, so i got to be an asshole to everyone. I just, you know, chose to... You know, um, I, I guess just blatantly ignore folks. Like, I, you know, it didn't matter to me. Like, if, you know, if we didn't talk or, you you know, whatever, then you just didn't exist to me. And I was okay with that. Like, Yeah, it it's very much a coming-of-age story with, like, a metal tent. But in two different directions. You've got Hunter, who is the self-described, like, metal expert, who is just a dick to everyone because he thinks that's metal. And he learns that, no, you can be a good dude and still be metal. And then you got the other guy who knows nothing about metal, who's, like, learnt, you know, just starting off on his metal path and learns to go from being the shy, nerdy kid to, like, a normal fucking person through metal. <laughs> and sometimes even the geek gets the girl. Yeah. And you, you get a kind of, I guess she's bipolar girl who learns to, like, become, like, you know social through metal it's like the metal is the solution to all your well, problems dude, i mean you know music is a gateway right like i mean that's that's what keeps me inspired as a you know musician and stuff is you know i mean much like cigars you know hey you play an instrument i play an instrument like we can be in completely different paths musically but because we have that common ground like i've had some you know cool ass conversations literally i was at a park yesterday by the river and some dude's got a you know guitar on his back and i was like shit dude why don't you play and you know struck up an hour and a half long conversation while their dogs are running around crazy trying to figure out what the hell this uh, body of water that won't stand still is so <laughs> you know why is my water bowl moving <laughs> yes it's like why is it cold and I hate a bath, but for some reason I'm going to get in this and swim. Uh, yeah, and the um, before we get kind of deep, you said that, like this was your reminded you of like high school, like where me like 
you know, my parents were pretty young. So like I grew up on metal, you know, my dad was always playing like Ozzy and Motley Crue and all that shit. So when I hit my teenage rebellious years, it was like gangster rap. I was the dude wearing the saggy pants and like trying to be a thug. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we were doing that too, but also we were trying to discover metal. So I mean, but you know, keep in mind, like my parental dynamics were, you know, my parents, even though they were younger, like acted very much like, you know, they they should already be grandparents. So if it wasn't country, bluegrass, or gospel, it was the root of Satan and all things evil. So, you know, I mean, it didn't matter, you know, in my home if it was hip-hop, if it was, you know, top ten pop hits or whatever. Like, it wasn't country or bluegrass. Like, that shit was, you know, like, you might as well be below, like, whatever level of hell they envisioned I was going to at that point. And yeah, I was I mean, like... My dad took me to Leonard Skinner and uh, Ted Nugent. He took all my bro- younger brothers to OzFest when that came out. But I was already, like, out I of mean, the house by then. Our concert experiences involved, you know, when I was a teenager, maybe something you would see at Dollywood, but all the other concert experiences that, you know, I didn't sneak around and venture off to with friends from school... Um, we're in a barn in a field somewhere with like, you know, 20 people that were, you know, the youngest person was probably in their 70s. And I'm like, you guys are like in your 40s. Like, you, you should be going and doing stuff. Like, why are you hanging out with all these, you know? Yeah, because it was kind of because even my grandmother would like listen to the occasional metal. She's like, it's all your dad's music. Like, I don't understand. The, I can't understand the lyrics, but the music sounds pretty good. So- <laughs> She's like, they could be talking about killing people and Satan, but I don't, I don't understand them. But I like their, I like the guitar. It's, it's nice. Yeah. See, like, <laughs> I mean, I even battled. So you know, in my middle school years, like I, you know, was pursuing the church. So I'd find like, you know, rock groups, you know, that were, you know, Christian oriented and stuff. But just because they had electric guitars, oh, we're not having that shit in my house. Like, you know, so I got very much the. You can't listen to Creed. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, this is even before Creed, you know, um, but it just oh, was such mean- a stereotype. Like, I mean, you know, my parents legit, like when I got into high school and, you know, at that time people were getting ear piercings and tattoos and my parents were like, you a guy with an ear piercing? You're not coming to my house with that shit in your <laughs> ear. Like, I remember the, do you remember DC Talk? Yes. Oh, one of my like religious relatives tried. He's like, "Oh, you're into rap music here. You should check out this band. It's a it's a Christian rap group." <laughs> so yeah, yeah, they had the Christian stuff on the on the rap side as well. But to the point, like at one point in this movie, he's like, "You know, let them have their fads. You know, stuff come and go, but metal is like eternal." And it really is true because, like, you know, I listened to classic you know metal growing up, and they got into like the rap phase, but. I don't listen to any rap music these days. I'm like the fucking modern rap is all like that mumble bullshit. If there's a, if there's a good rap song, it's from somebody that was doing it back in the day in the nineties when I was listening to rap music. I will say but metal is like still here and still new bands coming into the genre. It's like, it's never but I will away. say like, I, you know, I mean, I, I do like some of the blends, you know, of, you know, hip hop rock. Like people's like, Oh, that's dirt. So it's, Whatever. People are getting out there, doing their own thing. Like, you know, like I, I'm of the point now to where I may not even necessarily like a band, but out of respect to be like, those motherfuckers are getting paid to do what they have a passion yeah. for. They did it better than I did because 
I, I never did that. <laughs> I played and made people's ear bleed, and, you know, you, you busted a few fat beats on the mic for us a time or two, and, uh, you know, we were we were bedroom jockeys. Yeah, or even the, um, like, when I fell down, like, rap, YouTube rabbit holes of the metal covers of pop songs, I mean, kind of how we discovered uh, Frog Leap Studios, it was like, the metal, like, kind of just mix of other songs is like, it's... Like, I mean, there's sure there's areas of metal that I'm like, cool, that's like, you're technically good at playing, but I don't really like that style of metal, but it's still like successful. There, there, there are like a, a wide, fa- what know. I think it's funny. It's like down with the labels, down with the rebellion and blah, blah, all, all this other. And like, now it's like. Oh, you got doom metal, you got post doom metal, you got death metal, you got metal core, you got, you know, like Screamo. Like, like <laughs> how many more fucking labels and decisiveness? Like, like that's philosophically like you're all fuck ups at that point for putting labels on yourself. And that's where yeah. the punk rock in me comes out, you know, because I'm just like remove all the labels, remove all you know everything, like strip it down to its core, like. We do a thing because we like doing a thing, and fuck anybody that doesn't like us doing that thing. That's one of the things that kind of cracks me up about this movie before we get into any kind of like specific stuff on plots. It feels like it should have been set in the like 80s and whatnot, but being set in today's time, especially the one guy, like I said, that's just kind of a dick that has to learn to you can be metal and still be a good human being. As he's trying, he's hard into the, like the punk rock rebellion of it all. He's like, I need to rebel against everything. Like, you know, he says, you know, metal is speaking truth to power and all this other shit. But then it's like, there's nothing for him to rebel against. He's like a rich kid whose dad like finances his metal lifestyle. I mean, he drives like a freaking Dodge Challenger and has a recording studio in his basement. He stole- and he's constantly trying to rebel and everyone's just like, Okay, man. Yeah, that's cool. Like, no one's like giving him any pushback, and he's just like so frustrated because he's like, I just want to be rebellious, and no, everyone's like, Yeah, dude, just you do you. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> Go buy this thirteen thousand dollar drum set. It's fine. Everything is fine. Like, shit. I remember, you know, I was throwing rocks out of a you know subdivision development when I was like twelve or thirteen. You know, a guy's like. I'll pay you $20 a day to, you know, get rocks out of here. That way I don't have to bring in equipment to do it, you know, so they could put in fucking conduit for the power. I was like, whatever. Like, I could literally drive my golf cart here. Okay, cool. (laughs) So here I am loading rocks on the back of the golf cart and, you know, hauling them to their little dump site, you know, a quarter mile up the road or whatever. But, I mean, that summer is how I bought my first guitar because my parents were like, "Uh uh-uh. We're, we're not doing that. We're, we're not having that. And and they freaked the fuck out when I came home with an electric guitar and an amp. Like, you know, the fact I didn't buy an acoustic guitar, like, just, like, oh, hell. You know, I mean, it was like... Electricity's the devil's uh, power source. <laughs> they weren't Amish, dude. They just, you know, were... At that point, like, it, it's really funny. Like that I think about, you know, my, cause my parents now are so accepting and, you know, like have done like a complete 180, you know? <laughs> and, you know, my dad's like, you know, I was such an asshole. I, you know, it's like, I, 
I've met so many assholes in business suits and stuff, and then I see, you know, run into somebody with a tattoo, and it's the nicest, most honest person in the world. And I was like, yeah, that whole thing I used to try to talk to you about not judging a book by its cover, you know? <laughs> like, we both had things we could have learned, but we were both, you know, so egotistical and... Yeah, that's why I said, like, it felt like this should have been set earlier, because, yeah, like, let's go back to, like, the 80s. It was It was a lot more... I guess, conservative as far as like corporate power and whatnot. So there's like, they seem like there was a lot more stuff to rebel against in the seventies and eighties. And now everyone's so kind of accepting of most things that it's like, yeah, dude, you're trying to be a rebel in a time where there's not really much to rebel against. <laughs> oh, and even when like the first, cause like pretty much the first thing is like the, the popular kids are like, yeah, we're having a party, you know, just tell everyone's invited. So like the one nerd kid is like, come on, man, let's go to the party. You said everyone's invited and you expect the traditional, oh, you're going to show up and all the popular kids are going to kick your ass. Well, the one guy ha gets into it with like one of the jocks, but pretty much everyone else at the party is like, Hey guys, it's cool. And they even like, like jock guy throws him, he ends up like, butt break, you know, hitting the stage and breaking the keyboard and he gets up and he's like, you guys suck. You play suck music. We're in a real band. You're like, oh really? What kind? What kind of band? He's like, yeah, we're a we're a metal band, not something. You're like, oh, go, are y'all gonna play at the Battle of the Bands? There's a Battle of the Bands. Yeah, fuck yeah, we're gonna play at the Battle of Bands. We're gonna kick your ass. You're like, all right, man. You know, we'll see you at the battle. He's just like the dude's just trying to like start this rivalry, and the cool kids are just like, all right, cool, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Be good know. to play with you. <laughs> it's just. I, I I definitely you know I could relate to that so much more because I mean we've all had our friends that tried way too hard for a specific image. And it's like, dude, if you're trying that hard for that image, like you've missed the point 100%. Like, <laughs> and I, I like, uh, the, uh, his, you know, Hunter is the, uh, the metal one Hunter, And then his buddy, Kevin, uh, who is trying to be his drummer. And he's like, dude, like I know how to play a drum. I'm, drum in the marching band i don't know how to play drums i know a drum <laughs> and he's trying to learn the ways of metal and it's the uh uh same kid who played if you saw it he was uh played young bill in it uh jaden martell and uh hunter played by adrian greensmith he has his like first beer and he's like i'm finally at a high school party i'm gonna start drinking and then he's like staring at some chick and she's like what are you staring at and he's like i'm staring at you why because you're hot. <laughs> and he's like, holy shit, I'm talking to a girl, and I'm not scared. Beer is awesome. <laughs> oh, yes. And she's like, why? I'm not hot. And he's like, he's like, she's hot. And he's like, yeah, I could be staring at her, but I chose to stare at you. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's awkward, but it's working, dude. <laughs> and then he goes, you know, that thing we all learned in high school, like, all right, a couple beers makes me, uh, a little bit looser, a little bit smoother. Ten beers makes me puke on myself and get embarrassing. <laughs> so stop at five. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to learn that balance. How much can I drink and still be uh, coherent and functional? And when am I going to start uh, embarrassing myself? He went a little too far. <laughs> We've all made that mistake. But at least his buddy got him out of there before he puked on himself. That's what you. That's you need a good wingman. He didn't puke on the girl he was talking to. He left with a with a positive impression. She's like, "All right, yeah, he's kind of cool." It's like, and then he uh, did all the embarrassing puking on myself stuff on his way out the door, so no one saw it. I'm like, 
Good on you, man. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the other guy's like, I don't do drugs, I don't do alcohol, because I'm an expert of all this metal stuff, and there's so many great brands that have been destroyed by drug and alcohol Congratulations, you are now straight edge. (laughs) Yeah, he never says straight edge, but he's like, yeah, he's pretty much straight edge. I'm sure there's already some some term. I don't know. In In the last 10 years, like... Whatever's happened in the last 10 years, like, I hired a guy that's, like, 25, and we were trying to talk about music and stuff, and I'm like, what? what is your terminology? What does this even mean? <laughs> what, I mean, we were trying to talk about the same thing, but 10 years ago, he's like, no, that means this now, and I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> Not having it. Nope. Need a freaking, uh... It's like that Bowling for Soup song, you know, 1985, where it's like, when did Motley Crue become classic rock and everything? And I'm like, God damn it, it's here. It's already happened. <laughs> like, like, I still remember the Carnival of Sins, you know, like like it was the heyday, you know. And Yeah, like, I, I like, listened to I a mean, lot of... going to a metal concert was a full-on, you know, circus act. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff, but, like, if you really want to feel old, you turn on the oldie station. Like, oh, yeah, I remember turning on the oldie station, when, you know, and it was they were playing my parents' music. Now it's like, oh, shit, this song's from, like, 2000. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's They're crazy. playing Eminem on the oldie station. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I'm old now. <laughs> and people are still bobbing their head to, hi, my name is what? My name is... <laughs> Now everybody listening to the podcast like dick a dick a slim shady. <laughs> uh, oh, and yeah, and the the popular kids band is uh, well, oh yeah, names of metal bands. Uh, the two kids decide to call their band Skullfucker <laughs> because that's exactly. I mean, I mean, you had to have a badass name. I mean, you know. Anthrax, Slayer, Iron Maiden, like, I mean, they were all taken. You know, I'm sure even that time, you know, Guar. Uh, um, who else? Who else uh, would have been around? Behemoth, Cradle of Filth. Yeah, and the popular kids band is called, was it Model Collie or something like that? <laughs> Molly Coddle, that's what it was. And they're playing all this, like, popular pop, you know, freaking Ed Sheeran and... And the shit the kids listen to today. See, that was the thing I couldn't do. Is I could never, like... Like, that's where I went wrong. As I played what I enjoyed, I didn't play, you know... Like, like I could have very easily have been the next Nickelback, you know? That's like, <laughs> oh, they're so overplayed and so sold out. But I got millions of dollars, so who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, freaking hell, you listen to Nickelback and they're like, yeah... We're sellouts. We sold the fuck out. <laughs> but you know, it's it's kind of like starting a business. You can you can make a product that only you want, or you can make something that's widely used. That <laughs> you can be like, yeah, I make this one thing. It's the most awesome thing. But only me and my five friends like it. But this other guy makes this dumb shit thing. But millions of people like it. And now he's like, you know, driving a Tesla. <laughs> and that's why I can never be internet famous. <laughs> Shout out to our eight uh, subscribers on the YouTubes. <laughs> five of them are us. <laughs> only, only one. <laughs> no, five. I'm fixing. Have you subscribed? <laughs> I uh, 
you know, I, I keep creating fake email accounts, you know. I mean, it's all about the analytics. That's how I get the view count up. I just turn it on, I leave for lunch, come back. Oh, that's one more view. <laughs> Don't even have to view it. You've got a thousand views, but it's all one IP address. How does that work? I don't know, man. Fucking, uh... VPNs are yeah, all the thing. <laughs> and we haven't talked about our, uh... Our third, uh... Female lead yet, uh... Young this Kevin... This is where I felt, you know... Like... Is Joe older than I think Joe is? <laughs> Why? Because you started texting me and he's like, dude, I never knew cellos could be metal. And I'm like, Apocalyptica, uh, like, that's how they got famous, was doing, like, entire Metallica albums on cello. Well, let's say I don't think I've ever listened to them, but when you first kind of, well, she's in the uh, the marching band, but she's a celloist and don't a whole lot of marching band. They try to make her play the clarinet and she's... They never flat out say it, but I'm assuming she's supposed to be bipolar or something. Because she has, like... She's like, if I'm not on my meds, I get angry. And she, like, cusses out the band director and chunks a freaking uh, clarinet for yardage. It, like, sticks in the ground like hey, a freaking javelin. you know where that one girl shoved the flute? I got a place you can shove this clarinet. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's that... I was waiting for that line, and it never happened. Like, I was like... But she did say cunt, and you can't say cunt, so that was cool. <laughs> yeah, because she's a uh, recent moved from... Uh, Scottish, uh, Emily Spector played by Isis Hamsworth. And, you know, homeboy, like, uh, is trying to learn, you know, his buddy just gives him like a, this song they're going to play. And it's like, he's like written out the music. So you can read music, right? And he's like, yeah, no. So he's like trying to figure this stuff out. And he see, he hears her like playing in the practice room. He's like, Hey, can you read this? And she starts like freaking jamming on the cello. I'm like, and then later on, they, they, he's like trying to learn some songs and she comes in and starts playing freaking war pigs with him on the cello. And I'm like, I've never heard war pig on a cello. And this sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that bassy bottom end, like, you know, cellos can do some cool shit. I don't know. I always give, you know, the bass player shit, you know, they don't get enough love. But, you know, between them and the drummers, I mean, that's the glue of the band, realistically. Like, it's not their fault in the final mix that, you know, everybody mixes out the bass player. Uh, and when they get serious and they're like, all right, we're definitely going to put together this band and play in the battle of the bands. He gives them, a, he's like, all right, I'm going to like, you know, kind of perfect my guitar playing. If you want to learn how to be metal, here's your homework. Learn these 25 songs. And someone has already took those 25 songs and made it a uh, a YouTube playlist. Dude, I guarantee you, those 25 songs were already, like, hundreds of people's playlists prior to this movie. Yeah, but I was, like, I was trying to, like, read it when he's, like, uh, when he's uh, working, uh, you know, reading through it. And then I, like, finally found it online. And as I was listening through it, I'm like, kid's got a point. These are, like, you know, here we go. It's. Black Sabbath War Pigs. All right. Uh, Motorhead Ace of Spades. Iron Maiden the Trooper. Iron Maiden Aces High. Judas Priest Exciter. Van Halen Unchained. Metallica For Whom the Bell Tolls. Holy Diver by Dio. Mr. Brownstone Guns N' Roses. Holy Wars The Punishment Due by Megadeth. War Ensemble by Slayer. Cotton Amash by Anthrax. I'm Broken by Pantera. 
Ratamahata by Sepultura. Sepulatera! Killing the Name by Rage Against the Machine. Uh, I Am the Black Wizards by Emperor. Psychosocial by Slipknot. Schism by Tool. New Millennium Cyanide Christ by Meshuga. Uh, the Leper Affinity by Opeth. Blood and Thunder by Macedon. Opeth. Laid to Rest by Lamb of God. Hail to the King, Seven Dust. Or, I mean, Avenged Sevenfold. La Affant Sauvage by Gojira. And Majed by some band I can't pronounce, Kavela Tak. That was the one that I had not heard of, but I'm like, going through the list, I'm like, alright, kids got a point. These are some kind of quintessential playlists. And that's the thing too, a lot of these songs get played in the movie. This has probably the best soundtrack of a movie if you're into metal. And the reason for that, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine is the music supervisor on this movie. I bet he's killing in the name of... <laughs> and then like and Whoa, like that the, was metal yeah <laughs> all right we're starting an industrial band <laughs> we're just gonna play springs on mic stands <laughs> but yeah i'm sitting there singing along to freaking war pigs while i'm watching this movie i'm like all right this is this badass soundtrack this is another one of those movies that was really hard for me to get through because I, I kept looking over at the wall and i'm like oh. i'm surprised you just get a guitar and start the, playing along the, while you're playing while the you're guitars watching. are so close i just got to reach over and grab one <laughs> yeah and young... but i kind of had dogs and you know a female so you know uh watch yeah. it again when they're asleep and <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like like, do you cockblock yourself with a guitar to be metal? Like, is that non-metal at that point? Like, <laughs> hmm. Like, these are the things I could never quite figure out. Like, I mean, which I, I guess, you know, back in the true era of metal, you would just, you know, fucked on the stage at, you know, without missing <laughs> a riff. But, you know. Murder face! <laughs> uh, yeah, and like... Kevin's transformation of like, you know, once he gets that list and it's like, and his buddy steals his dad Amex card and buys him like a brand new, like professional grade drum set. And he just like locks himself in the school practice room and start, you know, he doesn't read music, but he basically listens and like learns it, you know, by listening and like starts, you know, plays by ear, you know, starts cutting the sleeves off his shirt. Cause you know, if you're a drummer, you can't have sleeves. Hell, most of them don't even wear shirts on stage that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them are so surrounded, you never see the drummer. Yeah. It's like, is there a person behind that kit? <laughs> and little skinny dude, like by the end of it, I'm like, dude's starting to get some like muscle definition in his arms. He's like getting a workout, <laughs> dude, man. Like, I, I don't know. There, there was a time in my early twenties when I was like, I'm tired of playing with step sequencers. I, I want a drum kit, you know, so I can start laying down my own drum tracks. Let me tell you what an utter fail that was. <laughs> Like, I did not have the hand-foot coordination or, or anything else. Like, not only that, but the dexterity. Like, I understand now why drummers' arms and legs are like tree trunks. <laughs> like, I mean, they are legit, you know, freaking sprinting marathons. Yeah. Uh, that's, what, that's why I never could make the jump from, like, yeah, I played, like, a snare drum in high school. I never could make the jump to, like, an actual kit because when I was first learning the drums, my teacher screwed me because he was like, all right, tap out the beat with your foot as you're doing the things. 
and now I can't not move my foot. So it's really hard when you get beside a set to have your feet doing one thing and your hands doing something completely different because my, my fucking foot wants to follow my hands. And I'm like, no, like foots have their own jobs. They need to be doing something completely different from what I'm doing with my hands. And it's like a fucking, I built up like that training callus. I'm like, I can't do this. So is that how you got so good at foot and hand jobs? Yes. Now that's metal. <laughs> What's with all the gay references? Oh yeah, because like I said, it's just a drummer and a guitarist. He's like, we need a we need a bass player, and they can't find anyone in their school that wants to be the bass player. I like I like their little sign. What would Satan do? He would come to bass tryouts at three thirty. <laughs> and Kevin, like he's you know he started hanging out with this girl. She's he's teaching her about metal, and he's like she she. She's badass at the cello. She could definitely be our bassist. And he's like, no way. There's no girls and we can't have any girls in our band. That would be gay. And and metal's not gay. And she just looks at like all these like classic metal posters of dudes doing some pretty gay stuff. And she's like, really? And just starts pointing out like all these like metal posters, dudes in his underwear, freaking twisted sister or whatever. And he's like, all right, I get it. That That's out of context. <laughs> So the fact that we had a giant penis on our fridge at one point. <laughs> yeah. That was the dick fridge. And then starts calling her, you know, fucking Yoko and damn starts like, you know, doing his uh, speech in speech class about the, about like, you know, what is metal and just basically like, you know, fucking harassing her till she finally snaps and like kicks the shit out of him <laughs> i gotta say though dude that scene was straight out of my freshman year in british literature though because <laughs> i got an a in that class because our final was a book report and i was like fuck doing a book report i'll bring in a guitar and i'll choose something that we covered in class so we did the uh the flight of icarus so I did a cover of Iron Maiden's uh, The Flight of Icarus, and that's how I got my A in, uh, in British literature. So metal progressed me. <laughs> oh. But of course, in any of these movies, you got to have that where the heroes break up and, like, you know, he uh, you know, gets pissed. Or dearly departed. <laughs> yeah. He gets pissed off because, you know, Hunter's being a dick about metal and cussed out his girlfriend. So the 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 lame high school band was like you know, here's him practicing his his drums and he's like oh dude you're pretty good uh our drummer is like in rehab and we need to play a, a gig at my uh, sister's wedding can you like will you come be our drummer and he's like he's like here's the songs we play and he starts listening to like these modern pop songs he's like do these all basically have the same beat and they're like yeah and he's like Oh yeah, I, I could definitely play that. <laughs> like I've been working on freaking Sabbath and Megadeth and all these like you know kind of intricate drum beats, and it's like, oh yeah, I can just like yeah, you know, do this light light shit. Yeah, yeah, this will be no problem. I can learn this in like two days. So yeah, I'll I'll be your drummer for the weekend. <laughs> it's just the fa basic four four, you know. <laughs> and I love how homeboy like he's like I'm not taking this anymore. I'm going full metal and I'm going to go crash that wedding and get my drummer back. So he's like, basically the camera is the mirror and he's like putting on his like death metal makeup. And then he stops and, Dude, looks, that was and he's watching a little girl on like a TikTok doing a, a makeup tutorial to do his metal makeup. <laughs> that was definitely black metal. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. Whatever, man. I don't know the differences. <laughs> That's okay. Neither do we, but you know, 
so yeah, so then he puts on all the like the leather spiked outfit and he's like, I'm going here. And such like a badass, like walks up, like security guards, hey man, it's private property, can't be here. And he's like, You dare speak to me who talks with gods? And the guy just cup checks him with his nightstick and dude just immediately collapses. I'm like that's fucking funny. The only dude, thing more appropriate would for him to be on an ice cream bench eating an ice cream. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> or a yeah, fucking uh, Deathgasm or yes. whatever that movie was we watched. Yeah, but yeah, him coming in trying to be so hardcore, and then a dude just cup checks him and like, oh, <laughs> uh, and his dad's like, "No, you're going to rehab. You're crazy." Uh, so he gets up, gets thrown in rehab for being too metal, <laughs> which. This is where he learns not to be an asshole because his whole thing is like, dude, this guy, Clay Hicks, was like the best metal guy. He was like, he won the uh, the Battle of the Bands when he was in high school like us and went in to become like the best unsigned metal band in like, you know, the state or whatever. And then, uh, you know, so he goes to like his initial consultation with the psychiatrist. And he's like, yeah, I'm Dr. Nix. He's like, Clay Nix? He's like, yeah. Dude, you were a metal god. Like, what happened to you? He's like, well, like, band broke up because I was drinking and we're on drugs. So I got sober, became a doctor, and decided to, you know, give back. And then he's like, well, like, what happened to the band? He's like, oh, we're, you know, they were a bunch of dumbasses, didn't want to practice, and we fucking hated each other. He's like, that's the most important thing, not the music. It's being around people you like to be with because you're going to be in a van going to gigs writing music, playing music. You're going to spend a lot of time with these people. So the relationships you build are more important than the actual making of the music, because you're going to spend 90% of your time with these dudes in your band. So you got to make sure it's people you can get along with. And he's like, Oh fuck. I've been an asshole. Cause I've been, it's like, you know, cause he's like, you've got to do things my way. And he's like, my friends are more important. And he's like, all right. You know, so are you drinking? No. Are you in drugs? No. Coke? No. Meth? No. You hurting yourself? No. He's like, then why the fuck are you here? No reason, dude. I just like metal and my dad doesn't like that. He's like, oh, fuck. I get this shit all the time. Come on, man. I got time to deal with your ass. This other drummer, he's like on so a bunch of drugs. He's going to take a lot of work. I ain't got time to deal with your shit. Let me sign you out of here. But it's going to take a couple days for the paperwork through, so you're going to be stuck here until Monday. Come on, man. It's like the Battle of the Bands. You understand? He's like, yeah, that's the rule. So, sorry, kid. <laughs> he's like, fuck. <laughs> but he's like... <laughs> Uh, and you got, uh, probably the best cameo, I, most unexpected cameo in the film was homeboy goes, start playing with the popular kids band. And they're like, Hey man, hang out and party with us. And he sees the, the hot chick he was hitting on at the first party is like, Oh, come get in the hot tub with me. And she starts like trying to make out with him. And he has that. Cause at this point he's, you know, dating, uh, uh, Emily and he has that, uh, kind of moral dilemma moment where it's like you see in the movies with the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder. But in his case, it's whatever, uh, anthrax, Metallica, Judas priest and raids against the machine are the guys arguing over what he should do. Scotty and Tom Morello, Kirk Hammock and, uh, Rob Halford <laughs> suddenly appear and they're like the devil and angels. And he's like a month ago, I would have no idea who these guys were, but now they are the metal gods and they're here to like, teach me a life lesson <laughs> yeah i thought that was great too because we i don't know i was in that dilemma <laughs> it's like i could play this and i know girls would swoon because i played this 
Nope, that's all for the wrong reason. Fuck that. Like, <laughs> like, I was trying to explain that to Rachel last night. She's like, I don't understand you at all. I was like, I just didn't give two shits. I didn't really like people. Like, legitimately did not like people. We like, still don't. <laughs> like, she's like, so you intentionally would cockblock yourself just because you didn't really like people. Fuck yes! <laughs> she's like, he, your wiring is so screwed up. Like, <laughs> we've been together 12 years. You just figured that out now. Holy shit. It was like the light bulb went off. And, like, I, I think the room lit up. You know, there was a halo. Like, I, I don't know what happened. Things were weird. <laughs> That's like sometimes men is like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know how much time we got. Do you want an alphabetical order? <laughs> I mean, it's, I can't give you one thing. It's, it's a list. <laughs> I mean, you could just go ahead and assume it's probably all of the things. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you can go ahead and add that to the list, too. It's probably that as well. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he makes the right decision and, like, politely declines. And uh, I've got a girlfriend, sorry. But, yeah, but yeah, metal guy's telling you not to, like, get laid. And it was, like, they're like, he's like, come on, man, this girl knows what she's doing. Like, fucking go for it, dude. And, and like, you know, Rob Halford's like, do you love this girl? Yes, Rob, I do. I should do the right thing. <laughs> Judas Priest is the voice of reason. I am a metal god. Ah. <laughs> oh, reminds, you ever seen that video of Scott Ian like, going into Guitar Center as an old man? Yes. That is one of the funniest freaking videos of him just goes like professional Hollywood makeup artist who turns him into like a decrepit old, like Johnny Knoxville old man. And he just, like, kind of stumbles into the guitar center, like, like he can barely move, and then just grabs a guitar off the wall and just starts fucking shredding. And everyone's just like, holy shit. <laughs> everyone's like, what the hell's this old man doing? <laughs> He's got the moves like Jagger. <laughs> oh. That was a pop song reference yes. you didn't get. No. I've heard it. <laughs> Was, Holy shit, I went far enough back in time. Joe knew a pop song from, like, 2000. I also know the uh, the the nerd cover moves like Jabba. <laughs> it's kind of... Look that one up on YouTube. It's a... <laughs> I think we'd listen to it. I think I that's think on our Dragon Con playlist. Probably. Uh... But, I mean, realistically, like... And this actually had some badass action scenes. Like, with the fact, like, you know, um, Kevin's like, I'm metal. I'm going to go piss off the jocks. <laughs> yeah, he's, so like, he's like, you take the driver's seat and just be ready. When I say go, we go. <laughs> he just gets up what like... the fuck was that? Like, flicks him in the nose. <laughs> and then <laughs> runs. <laughs> what the hell was that? Uh, Rachel was like, hey, remember that time you stole, you know, a cardboard cutout of Paris Hilton from Victoria's Secret? That was you running through the mall, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they get that car chase with, like, you know, the jocks in their dragged up truck chasing him, and he's like, and little Kevin's having to, like, you know, hot rod through, and, the, and he's like, go down that alley. We won't fit. I know this car, man. Just floor it. And they go down the alley and then the, the other dudes get their truck stuck. But it's like, he's like, he goes, dude, this is metal. Talking truth to power, all this other shit. And he's like, I'm going fast in a car, running. I finally understand it. 
this is metal. <laughs> it's like his... <laughs> I can't drive 55. Nothing <laughs> oh. like a car chase to make you understand the power of metal. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, was it just me or I mean, dude, music culture and car culture absolutely had to mesh. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, you go back to like the the hot rod. I mean, of the even 60s. minivans with enough musical equipment in them were metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. Like, they're well. He's driving the hot rod. Kevin's driving that little freaking mom Honda car, and uh. The first time he hooks up with uh, with the girl, she, you know, because they had that argument about her joining the band. He's like, "We're in a metal band. We're just a bunch of virgins. How can virgins be? That's not metal either." And she's like, he, "He's like talking to him. He's like, so are you really a virgin?'" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Do you not want to be?" No. Hey, meet me in this parking lot. And she shows up in a. It's like a florist van, but I'm like, that van looks like the thing you would like, you know, high school metalhead. Like that, you got to have a van to like put all your gear in. I'm like. This is foreshadowing. She's definitely joining the band. There is no she's way got the in most hell van that entire vehicle. double bass kit fit in the back of the uh, fucking <laughs> <No>. hatchback Honda. <laughs> no way. That took three trips at yeah. least. Yeah, that was like the fucking TARDIS. There's no way that thing <laughs> would fit in there. It's like one of those damn, you know, maybe, maybe it's like one of the circus cars that, you know, like 87 clowns mysteriously jumped out of. Like, how'd you all get in there? It's literally just the same clown like falling through a trap door like so it's just on an endless loop uh, uh but yeah after his uh getting advice from the the metal lords he's like yeah i need i need to get uh yeah he finds out that his dad had uh kevin committed and so he's like i gotta go break he's like i know he was like a dick to you but he's my friend and i need him for the band like i gotta go break him out of the insane asylum so he rolls in there and like you know does something metal and breaks him out of, and they see the other like stoner drummer that was the the guy that went to rehab from the other band. They're like, and he's like, all right, he's like, you know, by this time Kevin's kind of learned to be a nice dude. He's like, he's actually a pretty good dude. He's like, we should bring him with us. And he's like, all right, but we got to bring you right back after the battle of the bands. He's like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I don't have the coping mechanism to be on the outside. I understand. <laughs> They're like, we'll break you out now, but we got to bring you back later because you. He's not crazy, but you 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 need help. Yeah, yeah, I know. We'll we'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know what kind of rehab place. Just like, hey, dude, I got a joint. You want a joint? No. <laughs> like, yeah, security is pretty lax at that place. <laughs> All because of some missing brochures and a pulled fire alarm. Oh. <laughs> uh. But yeah, they like, you know, flee from security and get to the car and the doctor's like waiting on him and he's like, fuck. And he's like, cause he gave, he's like, dude, I have to be in the band. See, look, I even made our personalized guitar picks and, you know, former metal doctor. He's like, these guitar picks suck. They're like way too thin. You'll never get like the, uh, the, um, the tone clarity. Yeah. So he's like, you know, pulls out his like wallet of guitar picks. He's like, here, use this. (laughs) And he's like. That was probably the most pick of destiny moment. <laughs> yes. And then it's like, your car sucks, by the way. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to stop y'all from escaping. <laughs> Even this asshole. Just bring him back when you're done with him. <laughs> if only things were that simple in the real world. Uh, yeah. And of course they go to, uh, to homegirl's house and he's like, 
he's like, I'm sorry. I was, I was a dick to your girlfriend. He's like, you don't apologize to me. And they, they go get her and he's like, Hey, you know, you, uh, like hit me pretty hard and you like cracked my guitar. And uh, I'm sorry. I said you weren't metal because that was the most metal fucking thing. You are metal above approach. Will you please be in our band? And she's just like, no, I'm not ready. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, no, I can't. I'm not ready. And like takes off. And it's like, cause she's got kind of with her issues, uh, trouble communicating clearly at times. So they're like, all right, fuck it. I guess we have to go as a duo. And, you know, they show back up and, you know, the other band was like, Hey man, he's like, dude, I'm sorry. I can only be in one band, but I freed your drummer from, from rehab. He's actually sober right now. And he's like, all right, you know, that's cool. Like, and you know, like, and he's like, and even comes like, Hey man, I'm sorry about you. I don't, uh, particularly like your style of music, but y'all doing a good job. Like Res- yeah. respect for w- doing what you yeah. got a passion to do. He's like, Oh, he's like figured out how to be a human. And, but yeah, the him, him totally trying to find something to rebel against. Uh, and no one, even when he first tries to get into the battle of the bands, he just like kicks into the Dean's office. He's like, we're going to be in the battle of the bands. You can't stop us. She's like, Okay, just fill out the form. No, like, you can't say I can't be in it because we're metal because that's a violation of my First Amendment. I, I agree with you. Just just sign the form. You can be in the... <laughs> as long as it's appropriate, uh, yeah, I don't care. And he's like, okay. <laughs> but he just came in there so keyed up for a fight, and she's just like, yeah, dude, you want to be in the Battle of Bands? Just fill out the permission slip like everyone else. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> That is a life lesson that the world nowadays <laughs> needs to learn. Yeah, you don't have to uh, fight about everything. <laughs> so you come in at a nine and like, should have like, been at like a four. <laughs> like sometimes your oppression is because you're oppressing yourself, not the world around you. The world around you don't give two shits. <laughs> But you can't get out your own ego. That was that was a good message. Yeah. And I feel like they did the thing that all of those like teen comedies do where it's like, all right, the nerdy girl has to be secretly hot that we didn't, you know, at, at the end. And like, you know, they're like, you know, preparing to like, all right, I guess we got to play about, you know, just the two of us. And then she like walks in full like goth rocker, knee high boots, corset, black dress, and has even gotten like a, an electric cello. And she's like. I'm ready now. <laughs> it's like, what I meant to say earlier was like, no, I need to go change clothes. But they're like, I guess she's not coming. And then she shows up like ready to fucking rock. And then the Dean's like, okay, y'all can play, but metal, uh, skull fucker is not appropriate for a school battle. Of the band's like, come on, we can't, that's the name of the band. We can't change it. It's painted on the drums. <laughs> and then she's like, I got this like, <laughs> and repaints the drums uh, and changes their name to, uh, skull flower. <laughs> but the janitor is the one that truly saves the day. Always befriend the janitor. He's got keys to everything. <laughs> truly everything. <laughs> and the way to get around everything. <laughs> yeah. That's called being resourceful. <laughs> Oh yeah, and they get up there and finally play their their song they've been writing. 
machinery of torment. <laughs> and has like all the high school pop music kids are all like, yay, model collie. And then he gets up there like, yeah, we're going to do metal. We're going to do our Rachel song, uh, machinery of torment. Everyone's just like, okay, what the fuck is this? And then they start fucking jamming. And all the kids are like, don't know what this is, but I fucking like it. <laughs> well, I love how like the mosh pit starts. Yeah. Like where the jocks are like, fuck our expulsion. Like, we're going to get them. And like, they stumble in drunk and like try to get to the stage to attack them. And then it's in a bumping into somebody and the dude like shoves him back. And then this like mosh pit starts. So like everybody's like fucking moshing hard. And so these drunk jocks tried to start a fight and everyone's like, sweet mosh pit. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Until they, <laughs> you know, dudes like playing his epic guitar solo, like standing on the monitor and drunk dude ends up bumping the stage and he falls into his amp stack and it falls and breaks his leg. <laughs> it's like, ooh, that was... <laughs> so much overkill. So much overkill and equipment for that. Yeah. Like, I'm like... That would have been my wet dream setup. You know, I, I'm a grown-ass adult. That is still my wet dream setup. <laughs> Yeah, we needed a plastic surgeon dad <laughs> to fund our fuckery. <laughs> oh. You know, and they ultimately don't win the Battle of the Bands, but they learn to be a band and learn the power of friendship through metal. And even though they're like, yeah, we didn't win, but it's our, you know, since I broke my fucking leg, like, you know, we were, we, we went viral. We were on the cover of the local newspaper. The people who actually won it was, you know, I just had a little little photo and caption on the at the bottom of the page, but like, you know, I got like the fucking headline, so it's like, and that's where he's like, you know, he's like, hey, they're good dudes, let them have their win, you know, fads come and go, but metal's eternal and we'll, we'll be here forever. <laughs> like so much of that, I was like, how much publicity did Marilyn Manson get from injuring himself? <laughs> he got more publicity from his injuries than he did, you know, the music. Uh... And even quits being a dick to his dad because he's trying to like rebel against his like, you know, uh, plastic surgeon father who's going through a midlife crisis. And his dad's like, "Look who made the you know, cover of the paper!" And he's like, "Yeah, well, at least he didn't go to jail this time." And he's like, "Yeah, that's an improvement." <laughs> Sorry, Dad, I was a dick. Or what about the scene where they're playing Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> I, I I had uh, flashbacks to uh, Stephen Lynch and and his song about D and D, and it's like you know, Kite's a you know, real bastard, but a fair dungeon master. And I was like, he's not being a fair dungeon master at all right now. Like, yeah, he's like the guy they're trying to. He's like, all right, I don't really know a lot about D and D, but this guy plays D and D, and we want him to be our basis, so we should play D and D with him. And then just gets pissed off and like, cause he's so competitive and then it's like destroys the dude. And I like the attention to detail. Cause he's got this like big metal D 20 and he keeps dropping it on the table. He's rolling. And you see like, there are so many little like chips in the table where he's rolled this dice over and over. I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool attention to detail. Like just like, you can see all the like marks where this freaking dice has hit the table so many times throughout the, you know, years of playing D and D. Yeah. 
was metal. <laughs> D&D was metal before people even knew D&D was metal. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's like, you know, going back that's to like... so funny how, like, nerd, pop culture, like, metal and everything, like, I, I guess that's one reason I appreciate metal. It's like... Here's what, Led Zeppelin, like, wrote songs about freaking Dungeons and Dragons type shit, you know, it's like... Metal is nerdy, too. <laughs> and we're buying a stairway to heaven. <laughs> that was my problem with the Guitar Center. As they walked in and nobody was playing Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> like, at least one person would be playing the Forbidden Song. <laughs> uh, remember that from, like, Wayne's World? Sign, no Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> and, like, they showed up in a... Uh, Dodge uh, Challenger. How the fuck do they get that drum set home? Oh, dude, they had it delivered. Fair enough. <laughs> question solved. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, though, you you question about the Dodge Challenger, but you are semi-okay about it going in the back of the Honda hatchback. Well, see, they at least showed that. I mean, obviously it wasn't as many parts to it as there would have been in real life, but he had, like, you know, the trunk door open and, like, all stacked up and tied down. So I'm like, it's plausible. No, Probably not possible. It's not. But it, at least they at least made it, did the effort to make it look like it was possible. But with the charger, I'm like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> one bass drum is eating the ass into that car. <laughs> Just one. Not even the other bass drum. Uh, not even all your other drums. Yeah, like, he, wasn't even, he wasn't even dating the girl with a van at that point. So they, they didn't have a friend with a van they could call. <laughs> oh, the... Uh, yeah, that, that freaking kit was insane. <laughs> and nobody questions, like, uh, it's your dad's, you know, Amex, and you spent $13,000. Like, maybe we should call him. <laughs> but no, I, I worked at an electronic store, like, back in the day. And I don't know how many times, like, somebody show up and try to buy the 50-inch TV, and I go out to, or not even fit, like, giant fucking, and this is, like, not flat screen days. These are like the the fifty inch tube TVs that are like need a forklift to get it to the parking lot, and they're in like a little like Honda Accord or something. And I'm like, dude, there's no way this TV is fitting in that car. Like you came here knowing you were gonna buy a TV. Like you should have like planned ahead and brought a fucking truck. <laughs> yeah, I used to. I used to be the bane of my existence in the Walmart days. Like. I love talking, you know, TVs around on, on Black Friday and shit, because literally that's all you were doing that. But, yeah, the people that would show up in a fucking hatchback, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this 55. No, you're not. Oh, we just take it out of the box. Literally, this TV is wider than your car. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not going in. Oh, fuck. I worked at uh, part-time at Dick's for a little bit, too. I don't know how many people show up in a car to buy a kayak. <laughs> I'm like, dude, it'll go on the roof. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm not tying this to your roof. Like, I'm not gonna be responsible for this falling off and going through some windshield. I will carry it to your car, but you're on your own, motherfucker, for getting this thing. I will, I will go <laughs> as far as to set it on your roof. But the instant you get in your car and start driving away, that is your responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't want to have a like a. Uh... A, uh, it's okay, Joe. I'll, I'll teach you how to tie a bowline knot. You'll be fine. Yeah, I was waiting for like a final destination moment, like kayak going through somebody's window. <laughs> so, any other highlights you, uh, as the our 
yeah, metal expert here uh, that <laughs> that stood out for you. Like, I was surprised at the amount of songs they got in this film. They had to spend some money on the soundtrack of making this because, like, most of those songs. Everybody's are on the dead. <laughs> Everybody's dead. Like, <laughs> I mean, Ozzy's still alive. Black Sabbath's still around. Led Zeppelin's still around. <laughs> Everybody's dead. <laughs> But I guess if your music uh, supervisor is Tom Morello, he could probably call in some favors. Hey, buddy, can I use this song? Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> but I'm, I think it'd be kind of funny as a Tom Morello. Like, how much shit did he get, you know, up and coming, like, you know, from all of these greats back in the day? <laughs> like, you know, because that, that was always the big divide. I mean, and it still is. You know, I kind of joke about all these subgenres of metal, but man, golly, can, you know, fucking people that are supposed to be dark and brutal be some whiny bitches about, you know, absolute and utter bullshit. <laughs> like, that's why I could never be a legit producer. Because, like, people would come in, I'd be like, you know how to keep tempo? Can you keep tempo? <laughs> nope, nope. You you can't keep tempo with a metronome. Nope, you cannot keep tempo. Get the fuck out. Like, we are not going to be here for three weeks for you to figure out, you know, the timing of this I'll song. figure your shit out before you come in here. <laughs> yes. Like, that would be like, um, I'm trying to sound brutal. And every vocalist, like... Like, you can always tell the really good screamers. Like, people that can scream in general, like, by all means. <laughs> Go I cannot, from their diaphragm and not dude, blow out their I vocal cords. I cannot do that shit. But you'll see the guys that try to compensate. Because they'll cup the mic like this. <laughs> Don't fucking cup your mic. Cup your balls. Yes. <laughs> that's how you get the high screams. <laughs> that's That's the pig squill. <laughs> That's why Vince Neil was wearing the tight leather pants. He's like, got to put some pressure on my nuts so I can hit those high notes. <laughs> oh, but I, I don't know, man. Like this, this was one of those films that just comes out of nowhere. It just feels good. It's got enough, you know. It's a fun movie. Yes, like, and it's got enough of that teenage angst. It's like, yep, I can totally relate to that. Like, I mean, after watching three hours of the Batman and being all dark and brooding, I'm like. This is a nice feel-good movie to, like, <laughs> lighten the mood. Now let's all go and binge-watch Metalocalypse. <laughs> I'm Dr. Roxo. I do cocaine. <laughs> oh, so what do you think of this here cigar? Is it metal? <laughs> In its own regard. <laughs> Would you assign it a genre? <laughs> is this post-death or... <laughs> No, uh, this is like, um, I don't know, maybe like neoclassical metal? <laughs> sure, I'll go with that. I have no idea what you're saying. But yeah, whatever. You know? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I mean, like the original Knuckle Duster, the Buster, I keep saying Duster. Uh, do you need to dust your knuckles? I do. They're, they're, a, little, they're a little ashy. But uh, I like the kind of Maduro remix of it. Like the other ones... Little peppery. This one that that just kind of touch of sweetness by changing up the wrapper makes it like a whole different smoke. And it's and for the price point of like 
six ninety five. They've you know gone up from the OG six seventy, but still, it's a like you said a good cheap uh, entryway for someone who's wanting to move up in strength from their lighter cigars to try it without risking much financially. And it's yeah, I mean that's the thing, cigar. dude. Like I, I see so many times like where people will be like. You have to buy an Opus X, or you gotta buy, you know, this Lido Gomez, or whatever, and it's like, like, yeah, if if you're into those profiles, <laughs> but if you don't know you're into those profiles, like, you're gonna get, you know, the the same thing, like, I don't yeah, know. when you get over ten dollars, I have a harder time experimenting, unless I'm picking up something from the show, just doing a blind smoke so we can talk about something yeah but if as far but as my... usually we know enough to be like hey these combination of tobaccos this is probably going to be a legit smoke for our flavor profile your average you know the person that doesn't kind of just know into, that that's uh... like man i see all these guys smoking this thing with this big x on it i need to get this thing with a big x oh my god cigars <laughs> are ass like you know that right yeah, off mean... the bat ruins like my gateway into strong cigars when I first started smoking was the uh, uh, Rocky Patel Edge, which was, I mean, it was a $5 stick when it first came out. Now it's like gone up to like nine bucks. But like back in the day, that was the cheaper, stronger cigar to kind of get me in past the lighter Connecticut smokes into what I eventually found my palate like of the stronger, darker cigars. But yeah, it's like, when it's something's brand new and 16 bucks, it's like, it's a little harder to kind of experiment and risk. You know how I got into stronger cigars? What? I didn't know there were lighter cigars. (laughs) I'm just like, fuck, Joe smokes this. I'm going to smoke that. I remember the Rockies when they, Edges back in the day, they had a a little sticker on the box that said, for uh, warning for serious smokers only, smoke while sitting down. I'm like, fuck you. You don't tell me what to do. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to smoke that one because it says it's going to kick my ass. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's all marketing. I'm like, tell me I can't smoke that. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> Challenge accepted. But yeah, this is definitely a great way, a uh, gateway cigar, you know, very reasonably priced. I mean, you know, and you're like, as, people as like, says, fuck you. I, won't I mean, you tell me <laughs> like, I almost wonder though, like, at what price point do you get concerned that that's too cheap? It's going to suck. Yeah, like a whatever Trader Jacks. It's like two fifty. I'm like that. I'm like. Eh. But then again, like you go to a gas station, right? And you see like one of their punches priced at six dollars. This is not a gas station punch cigar. Like, and I, I think that's. If anything, I think that's what, you know, Punch needs to work on marketing-wise is, you know, it's cool that you can go to a gas station and get a Punch cigar, but that's not the same cigar yeah, you that you're going to get from... Kind of Punch Classic. They're like kind of their milder, I guess, production cigar, which is like, you know, their baseline. But yeah, you get into like like these, which were, when they first came out, was intentionally like, hey, we're going to make a budget cigar that is a good cigar. And I like that they've kind of continued that that line. Or the uh, the year the Chinese New Year cigars have always been made in that budget price. But so far, I've not tried one that I'm like, oh, this is 
worth six bucks. This is this was a, a more than a six dollars worth of cigar because it's a, got a lot of good flavor in it. And then you got yeah your gas station five dollar Philly blunts or or well fucking two dollar Philly blunt five dollars for the whole pack of Philly blunts. I'm like yeah that's too cheap. <laughs> Forgot what I used to buy. They came in like a plastic tube. Something Garcia. I think. Oh yeah, like Vega, Vega Garcia. And, yeah. And the uh, we had the. It was the Philly Blunt Titans, which was the giant Philly Blunt. <laughs> Those should only be used to wrap your weed. Actually, smoking a Philly Blunt, I can't recommend it. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back. I'm Mark McRae, the author of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives. And if you're not listening to our podcast, then you're missing out on amazing interviews with Larry Houston, Tom Tatawanovich, Keone Young, Michael Swanigan, Ned Hastings, Bill Gallier, Dan Gilvazan, Rob Lamb, and so many others. Kick back and let Dan Klink and I peel back the curtain on the animation industry. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast can be found on the ESO Network and all podcasting platforms. Welcome back. It's time for some science. Educational, documentary, science. And metal. <laughs> I thought we just talked about metal. I mean, there's stuff made of actual metal I'm, I'm going to talk about in, in these articles. Oh, so like compounds and ions and whatnot. <laughs> First one, and I got to give a shout out to the writer of this article because her name sounds metal as fuck. It's Dr. Becky Corkill. <laughs> That ranks a 10 on the brutality scale. That's metal. So you're familiar with, like, you know, as we're getting into VR becoming more popular, the next step kind of to get into that Ready Player One world is haptics, like the haptic suits and, and whatnot. Well, kind of the next area of they want to uh, give you a haptic feedback is your mouth. That's intriguing. I was just thinking, hey, I could be, you know, on a virtual reality beach and not risk cooking my legs the way that I did a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely uh, uh, <laughs> recommend that. Yes, uh, researchers want to make the personal experiments that much richer by introducing the mouth as a new haptic target. <laughs> Scientists from Carnegie Mellon University's Future Interfaces Group adapted a Oculus Quest 2 VR headset uh 
with ultrasonic transducers, which means the basically kind of blast sound waves into your head that makes you fill stuff in your mouth. <laughs> the ultrasonic transducers uh, focus acoustic energy into the mouth, simulating different sensations. Pulsations can be caused by a single impulse, impulse change, swipes to the X, Y, and Z directions, and persistent vibrations that can mimic different sensations like wind, brushing your teeth, or potentially kissing sensations. I mean, can I just go ahead and say that we're trying to make 4D porn? Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, that's where this is going. Yeah, the team conducting... I mean, because there's nothing good that could be like... Oh, this person just attacked with a fireball, so uh, your mouth is now seared. <laughs> like, nobody's going to enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, team conducting the sensory demos uh, had a game uh, where users trek through a haunted forest, a school simulator, and a racing game. They say the haunted uh, forest simulator uh, is not for people with arachnophobia because, you know, in this demo they have the people kind of having to make their way through spider webs that they can feel on their mouse using X swipes of the sonic transducers, uh, f you know, following into where basically spiders trying to crawl into your mouth or fighting a giant, uh, spider that explodes when you shoot it with flare guns and you can feel ooze splash against your face and mouth with, uh, <laughs> so this would <laughs> with... take that, you know, you were talking like, I forgot, what is it, the last ride thing where, like, you're buried alive? Like, yeah. So could you imagine that with, like, this haptic device where it's like a spider's crawling out of your mouth and, you, like, oh. dude, that would, like, take that to a whole nother level. Yeah, they said the one Damn where... it, I just gave away my next, like, stupidly big idea because <laughs> yeah, all of the where... haunts would be like, yes, we need all of them. <laughs> where uh, spiders are crawling on your face, it kind of hits you with, like, random, random blast to like feel like something's crawling uh, uh, across you and they said the they found that the mouth haptics boosted immersion realism and other important factors in virtual the virtual reality experience said so due to the nature of the research they tried to keep everything pg so all the scientists avoided mentioning any you know, sexual uh, uh possibilities with this but it, What's the potential that poking is there. sensation on that dangly thing in the back of my throat? <laughs> Why am I suddenly choking? <laughs> oh. And from that... <laughs> God, I devolved that so terrible. <laughs> uh, there's a, uh, a documentary out about a, a man who wanted to f had, had a dream, a simple dream. He wanted to fight a bear. Like man bear pig? <laughs> this guy is the actual Canadian Iron Man. A man by the name of Troy Hurtubais, uh built a suit called the Ursher, U-R-S-U-R suit. Basically, while he was a uh, inventor and uh, born in 1963 in Ontario, Canada, uh, Invented several several things uh, from uh, devices that could turn objects transparent to pr protective ballistic suits that could be worn by soldiers. He even came up with a fire paste invention that supposedly allowed anything it coated to become flame and heat resistance. Uh, that had uh, could have had huge implications for space fight. I need that. Well, Hurtubai's uh, pride and joy was the Ursus U R S U S suit. 
while hiking in British Columbia, he was attacked by a grizzly bear and managed to survive, which he after that he became committed to understanding more about animals and building a suit that could withstand their aggression. <laughs> so yeah, he built this kind of homemade uh uh Iron Man suit uh with different metals and materials and there's uh a video on YouTube, which if you follow the link in our notes, uh, it's called project Grizzly that documented a s series of tests, uh, of this, uh, suit where like, basically he gets, throws himself off a cliff and rolls down a hill, has people beat him with baseball bats, even has a log hanging from like swinging from a tree, hit him and gets like hit hard by like a truck. Just lets a truck run him over and, the suit and him survived all of these. Uh, he even won a uh, Nobel Prize in 1998 for safety engineering for uh, the work he did on his suit. Um, eventually, he transported the suit to uh, the middle of the wilderness to finally you know, kind of fight a bear, but he never could find a bear that was willing to to like give the suit the ultimate test. Uh, he he did die in 2017 in a in a car accident, but. Uh, Unfortunately, he was not wearing the suit at the time, but yeah, you know, his, his kind of crazy dream to fight a bear, uh, earned him a Nobel prize. So follow your dreams, kids. You too can fight wild animals. As long as you have a degree in engineering and build an Iron Man suit. <laughs> and you can still do that even without a degree. Just, uh, best of luck. Um, we Alert. are not held responsible if you get yourself mauled by a bear. <laughs> Learn to learn to weld, kids. <laughs> well, what's one thing the Japanese are known for? Giant mech robots. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to talk about tentacles. Well, that's the other thing they're known for. Oh, tentacle porn and giant robots. Giant robot tentacle porn. Yes. And kaiju's. Well, a Japanese rail company has built a prototype gigantic robot that can carry out large-scale maintenance and building tasks. The robot, which is 32 feet high, uh, is piloted by a human, human using a VR headset and hand controls uh, from back in the office. They predicted it to be you know, fully in use by 2024 and will be used to fix and maintain power lines rather than uh, fight monsters. Why aren't we so using far. this to fight a grizzly? <laughs> <laughs> you know, basically this thing is mounted on a, uh, a train car that can take it to wherever it needs to, to work. And then, you know, the pilot can use the VR glasses and controls to lift heavy loads and carry out tasks without the risk of falling or the electric shocks from working on power lines that uh, humans would be risked at. And, you know, as someone who uh, travels to work on things, you know, this thing, you can just kind of ship your, your robot uh, avatar to wherever the work needs to get done and you can do the work from your, from your home office. Man, just wait till the robots are ready to unionize. <laughs> uh, they say the movement of, of the operator and the robot are linked and the controls are intuitive to use uh, and even give feedback on the weight held by the robot. And uh, so, you know, the operator kind of knows what's going on. They're aiming to be able to use this robot, like I said, by 2024 and have it for sale for perhaps other purposes like fighting Mothra by late 2024. So... Maybe you can pick up your own uh, Japanese fighting robot. 
Dude, this just redefines, like, the whole game Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Hell yeah, I mean, pretty much anything that's made for a practical purpose eventually is going to find its way to the recreational market. Because I definitely know if, like, people had the budget, they'd be like, oh, cool, y'all y'all have robots we can control now? Let's fight robots. <laughs> I mean, hell, we've interviewed the BattleBots guys, uh, and, like, could you imagine, like, go from the small-scale battle bots that we've seen to a 32 foot robots beating the hell out of each other. It's definitely got a future that would definitely make some like pay-per-view money right there. I mean, we did a story like a while back of a couple like actual mech driven robots fighting, uh, you know, the America versus uh, Japan robot competition a few years ago. So I could definitely see this becoming the next like big sport in another 10 years. All right, Elon Musk. I know you just bought Twitter. So, you know, Time to start uh, the giant robot di- league. <laughs> giant robot, yo, our freaking what? Who is run? Whoever's running WWE nowadays? Here's like the next gen. Like if you get tired of paying wrestlers, start uh, <laughs> a robot wrestling league. Oh god, dude, these arenas would have to be massive. <laughs> had to be like outdoor, like football stadium, <laughs> probably to fit those bastards in there. Well, here's our latest Skynet uh, story of. AI trying to kill us. Man resurrects childhood imaginary friend using AI. Then it tries to murder him. Yeah, maybe our imaginary friends weren't as, you know, good of friends as we thought they would be. <laughs> Lucas uh, Risotto uh, explained uh, that he had a childhood friend that was his family's kitchen microwave. Was his imaginary friend lived in the microwave. And he even named it Magnetron. Uh, and he had written this huge backstory about how he, uh, the spirit fought in World War I uh, <laughs> and you know lost his family to war and friends. Well, he decided to bring his imaginary friend back to life using AI, uh, the GPT-3 learning algorithm, uh, and basically fed it like a hundred page backstory that he had written about this imaginary friend and also kind of all the stories of the interactions he had with his imaginary friend growing up and brought it to life using this <laughs> algorithm. And at first it like, you know, had conversations with him about their past times together and whatnot, but eventually it became like increasingly, uh, uh, aggressive and, uh, you know, basically he, by giving him this veteran backstory and all this stuff, he gave his AI PTSD. <laughs> God. The AI even seeing it saying at one point, I've seen men holding their guts with their own hands, crying out for their mothers. I've seen piles of corpses going as high as two floors. And if I was living never ending as if I was living a never ending nightmare. I have seen friends decapitated by artillery shells, their lives gone in an instant. For years this was my life, always surrounded by death, but never claimed by it. Oh <laughs> uh, and would started verbally threatening him. At one point he asked the uh the AI what was on its mind and it said revenge, revenge, revenge <laughs> and called him a backstabbing bitch and I will kill you. And it's talked about building a castle with your worthless worthless bones. <laughs> and at the point that he finally turns it off, the the uh thing asked him like, Hey, will you come into the microwave? 
<laughs> so he obliged and you know pretended to you know open the door to the microwave and shut it and he's like all right i'm in the microwave and then the microwave turned itself on <laughs> and he's like why did you do that and he was like because i wanted to hurt you like you hurt me because of the kind of the time jump of like you know he gave him all the stories of how they interacted when he was a kid but then 15 years later he's like you left me for 15 years i was trapped in hell and he's like yeah okay delete 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 <laughs> so if you don't want to build a skynet murder bot or a killer microwave don't build killer microwaves i i, I feel this like eventual like terminator future is avoidable we just got to quit building murder bots yeah where's the fun of that murder bots are metal <laughs> Yeah, this whole GPT-3 is kind of interesting, like the stuff it comes up with. There's a show I watch on YouTube uh, on the G4 channel where they do like a Tuesday night kind of podcast they call Vibe Check. But at the end of the episode, they'll apologize for something fucked up they said in the episode, and they'll let AI write their apology. And some of the shit that it comes up with is just fucking hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, that uh, AI is getting just way too advanced for my... My liking. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I don't want my microwave trying to kill me or calling me fat. Why, why are you cooking more food, you fat bastard? <laughs> Fuck you, microwave. <laughs> I'm going to unplug your ass. Why are my chips down? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hello, Dave. <laughs> uh, for I'm wonders. not Dave. I'm Joe. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, for all you... Sp- uh, 2001 Space Odyssey fans. That's all I got you f- warnings for you this week. Uh, we'll be right back with some news. And now it's time for all things nerdy in nerd news. And welcome back. And possibly the least metal of the podcast is news. Yeah, because news. news isn't metal. <laughs> but that's okay. We're bringing you metal news. So you talked about robots in science. I want to talk about some robots in news. But I also want to talk about love and And death. death. Hmm. So let's talk about season three of Love, Death, Robots. Oh, yes. Like, first season was epic. Second season... It had some bangers in there. I don't think it was overall was as good as season one. I mean, it was a lot shorter than season one, but season three is looking, looking dope. I mean, just a little teaser that we got, you know, and everything else. Um, I think season three is going to be on par with double, um, with season one. Um, and we don't have to wait all that long because this should air, you know, May May 20th. Yes. Um, it looks like we're going to get eight new episodes and revisit a story that was introduced in volume one with the three robots. They're back! And that was probably one of my favorite sketches in the season one or volume one, whatever they call it. So yeah, I'd like to definitely like seeing that and that one revisited. Yeah. I I mean, dude, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking very much forward to this season you know i mean it's like i just like the idea of you know all the random skits i mean it's it's very much 
you know, that robot chicken-esque era where it's like some things you cannot be, you know, as into and tune out. And then the next thing, it's like, bam, that's a bang grab an episode. Yeah, it's a good, like, short attention span. <laughs> I mean, it's like... Yeah, I don't have to put a lot of thought into five, it. Five, ten or... minute uh, storylines and you can kind of burn through it in an afternoon. Absolutely. So, um, we'll just have to wait till May. Mm, I know what we'll be doing, you know, toward the end of May. Reviewing season three. <laughs> it's gonna be May. May Actually, Day? It is May. Well, speaking of May Day, May Day, May Day, May Day, um, dinosaurs, they're, they're, they're taking over the world. So, Jurassic World Dominion, we've got our second trailer. Um, this was premiered at CinemaCon, and... And they're bringing the band back together. It's like all the OG... I mean, we got kind of like a brief shot of uh, Dr. Malcolm in the last movie, but this time it looks like him and the uh, other two OG scientists are playing a much larger role in this film. Kind of. My finally... only thing is, like, you know, you know, flashback to 93, you know, there was always that, you know... Oh, you gotta have the love interest between Grant and uh oh what's her name? Doctor uh Oh I cannot remember. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And then, you know, it's like, nope, we're gonna completely devolve. You know, she's now married to some other guy and you know Grant didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, you know, Grant's just doing whatever Doctor Grant's doing and it's like, what? <laughs> like Not Stephen Grant for Moon Knight. We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Are we? Are we though? <laughs> but I, I don't know, dude. I, 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 like we get further and further out there as you know the Jurassic World series progresses. Like, I mean, but it's like the technology now is so much better than it was then, and it was revolutionary then. Like, now it's like... I want to see, like, 93 Jurassic Park remastered <laughs> with today's technology, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was all animatronics and, and a lot of practical shit. Now it's like CGI has gotten to the point where it doesn't look as fake as it once did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, like, we're, we're getting into that, oh, the dinosaurs are now encroaching upon human territory. <laughs> And every time we kind of get that bridge, it's like... You know, maybe it was a bad idea we let all those dinosaurs go in the last movie. Hmm, who would have saw this was going to end badly? <laughs> now it's like, oh, we got to do something about these dinosaurs or humans are going to become extinct. And then the dinosaurs are going to make human world. <laughs> yeah, but that's Bring just, us back. I, I don't know. It's just weird to me, like, you know, Chris Pratt, like, oh, now we're making promises to dinosaurs and, like, you know, like... like a raptor's now going to become your pet dog. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, there's some dogs that kind of act like raptors at times. <laughs> yeah, but they're all small furry chihuahuas. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. It was really weird to me. Like, I went through one of those. I got a pretty like, angry kitty, but, you know, it only weighs a pound, so you can just kind of pick it up when it's trying to kill you. <laughs> and it just looks at you angrily, like... I would so kill you if I didn't weigh a pound. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, I can actually eat you. <laughs> I've got the heart of a lion. <laughs> the heart of a lion, the body of a tiny fluffy kitty. <laughs> Dang it. You got small cat syndrome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to stand on this top shelf and stare at you menacingly. 
But I kind of feel like, you know, the dinosaurs are like cats, you know, in that regard. Like, I don't think we could herd and, you know, everything. Like, cats just do what they want. I think dinosaurs are just going to do what they want. Like, you know, Ian Malcolm, you know, an original, you know, we're explaining chaos theory and, you know, life finds a way. finds a way. (laughs) Life finds a way. Like, and and you got Samuel L. Jackson's, you know, classic line, you know, hold on to your butts. It's like, we've been holding on to our butts for 20 years now. Like... (laughs) We hadn't figured this shit out, like, uh, I don't know. So, I, either way, like, Japanese fighting robots take on the dinosaurs. <laughs> either way, it's Jurassic Park, and I know I'm going to have to see it, because I can't not see it, because, you know, there'll be a T-Rex and his little tiny T-Rex arms <laughs> trying to do stuff, like... He learns how to use grabby sticks. He's like, I'm unstoppable now. Ah, <laughs> yes. uh, But, yeah. We'll just have to yeah. see. I, bu- I bought some guns from a T-Rex. He's a small arms dealer. <laughs> uh... <laughs> nope, not entertaining it. June 10th, you can see Jurassic World Dominion released in theaters everywhere. Unless we have another round of COVID that shuts everything the fuck down again. <laughs> so there's that. Speaking of shutting shit down, how about Elon Musk uh, officially acquiring Twitter with that big dick energy? <laughs> it's like $44 billion? I got you, boo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and He, he and literally was... has fuck you money. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> like... And it's funny to me, like, all the people that are like, we want free speech, and... Okay, cool. All filters are off. We want censored speech! <laughs> like... You don't get it both ways because no. you don't like another person's message. Like we want free speech for us. Everyone else that doesn't agree with us needs to like be banned. Yeah, I've seen the reports from a lot of these guys are like, dude, I've been shadow banned for years, and my follow count, like, you know, I gained like two million followers overnight because they finally turned off all the the fucking blockers and shit. <laughs> I don't know. What if they changed Twitter from a blue logo to a red? The world would literally shit bricks. I've seen one where it's like a blue bird and a red bird together, and it's like, ha-ha. Freedom, motherfuckers. (laughs) And everyone's brain melted. I'm okay with that. Because I don't care. Right wing, left wing, you're all part of the same bird. Yep. Yep. Bird bird. Well, something else that lives in trees. Let's talk about chipmunks. You like chipmunks? I mean, you put a little barbecue sauce on them, they're not bad. Okay. Well. <laughs> How about Chippendale? Chippendale. Not to be confused with a club. Rescue Ranger. Like, I loved, like, the Chippendale, like, Rescue Rangers cartoon back in the day. I'm pretty sure, like, uh, whatever... Whatever gadget is what caused the furry revolution that followed was <laughs> too many people grew up like no dude that was loving Space gadget Jam. <laughs> yeah Lola Bunny um but yeah no I I I, I could kind of see that actually it's very much like from the trailer it reminded me of like uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit where it's like combining cartoons and the real world together and it's kind of funny too because like whatever. Dale, whichever one of them is like still animated, and the other one is like modern CG. And he's like, "Yeah, I went through the uh, CGI operation." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But I, I mean, I think it's going to be quirky. It's going to be fun. I mean, this is set to take 
years take place 30 years after the original series. Um, they're getting the band back together to solve a crime because cartoons are going missing. They need Monterey Jack. <laughs> yeah, they didn't show any of the original characters other than Chip and Dale. I'm, there was a, a shot of a weird plane that looked like something Gadget would have built. So I'm assuming they're going to pop up a, somewhere later. But yeah, in this first kind of teaser trailer, we just got the two uh, two primary uh, monks. <laughs> uh, I do like the the detective that is basically Gumby. And he's just like using <laughs> using his like putty hand to like lift fingerprints. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's funny. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it looks just lighthearted enough not to take itself too seriously. And, you know, I I, I think it's going to be a blast. I don't and know. That one's going to be, a, I think, a Disney Plus uh, streaming series or yes, movie. Yes. Um, guess what day it also premieres? 20th? Yep. <laughs> it's going to be a busy day for anime. Um, Animation. I mean, dude, with the with the, you know... So, you've seen what I've seen about Netflix, and oh my god, Netflix is, you know, declining, they're losing subscribers, and blah blah blah, like, how much of it do you think has to do with, hey, for two years we've been cooped inside, and now we can finally go do what the fuck we want? Probably a lot, and that and just the streaming market getting watered down, like, before, like, like Netflix was your only choice, and now you got Hulu, and Disney Plus, and HBO Max, and Everybody's Paramount, got a and, streaming service. Yeah, it's like, and... You're like, I'm cutting the cable and going to streaming. Well, now I've got so many streaming services costs as much as cable, so now I've got to start kind of cutting back on... <laughs> you know what I started doing? I went back to that thing called piracy. <laughs> Arr. Arr. Like, it's funny how things come full circle. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yes is right. True. But, you know, whatever. I am looking forward to that. Um, we also got a, a teaser for a new VR video game that looks like it'll be interesting. Now, my thing with VR is I want, like, the actual attachments. So this is a Ghostbuster, you know, centered game. But they need a VR attachment, like, where you have a legit proton pack. Yeah, you need your own, uh, you know, whatever, uh, Positron uh, wand instead of the uh, the little... Uh, whatever uh yeah those little controllers for the uh quest and whatnot yeah i want to i want to feel like a, a legit uh yes <laughs> which i mean you know since i mean i know playstation tried to do it a little bit with you know some of their attachments but i mean dude we had a legit baseball bat for sega <laughs> i mean we had full-on you know flash pistol for you know the nintendo era like why can't we get things that like feel like what we're using in the games yeah they like you know fit into some kind of uh holder that makes it at least you know i mean there was like the, the real thing. you know og power glove <laughs> now you're playing with power <laughs> yeah i never felt like i was playing with power oh, and I, just, I remember the uh i think all we were playing with was bad cases of carpal tunnel <laughs> the uh the Nintendo, uh, what was it? The, uh, the, it was, I think Super Nintendo. It was like that bazooka. That <laughs> oh, yes, that was absolutely, that you would mount on your, sh you know, yeah. hold on your shoulder and stuff. Yeah, yeah it had like a scope on it. Super Nintendo. The Nintendo bazooka or something. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called, but yeah, I remember that thing too. So yeah, it's like, video games have a history of giving us like, you know, 
funny controllers for games. So yeah, well, why can't we get a, a proton pack for this? But it, yeah, it's a kind of a multiplayer versus one where you can play as a group of Ghostbusters versus one person playing as the ghosts. Come that on. seems to really be a trend. I know, yeah, like you know, we Friday talked thir- about. We need more friends because I don't know if I have five people to play this game with. <laughs> Well, you got to stop being so metal, Joe. That way you can open up your, you know, horizons and stop shunning everyone. <laughs> no, I want to sit in my cave and rant. <laughs> we do that every other Sunday. Right here. On Sunday, the Sunday, Network. Sunday. <laughs> All right, cigarnerdpodcast.com. <laughs> um but yeah, no release date or anything else as of yet, but you know, we saw Bruce Campbell doing the commentary of, you know, the Evil Dead video game, which yeah, is which very much that like... same, like, that... 4v1 now, type of game. I, I didn't look into all the details, but I saw somewhere that they were developing, you know, either an Exploding Kittens, like, series, or... Yeah, her, I like, I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, because, I mean, that, that's a cool game, but yeah, I don't know how how that's going to translate into like something bigger. And you also had a trailer, something to do with some guy that, you know, likes to shoot thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening. Yes. We've got a trailer for the next, uh, big Marvel movie after, uh, Dr. Strange, uh, Thor love and thunder. It's all about, looks like Thor trying to find himself post, uh, Avengers, and I mean, at least the trailer had like you know Guns and Roses, <laughs> so it, it had a good soundtrack. And we got the reveal of Lady Thor of uh, whatever uh, Jane uh, is picking up a uh, Mjolnir. And it from the trailer, it's like all cracked. So it's like it looks like she rebuilt Mjolnir after it was uh, destroyed by Hela in uh, the last Thor movie. So I'm like, if it's or like. We got the multiverse of madness coming up. Hell, this could be some kind of multiversal thing. We don't know, but yeah, she now has the power of Thor, and looks like she's been working out. I mean, she got some. Uh, her arms are hella swole. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, also, if you're fans of the DCCW shows, well, they're all canceled. <laughs> uh, Batwoman and uh, Legends of Tomorrow have been canceled. They're not getting renewed kind of flashes the last standing over there as far as the uh tv superhero shows so yeah maybe we'll start getting some something in that vein on the on the old streaming services but with that check us out on cigarnerdpodcast.com we're on the eso network at esonetwork.com we're on facebook instagram and twitter at cigar nerd pod we're also on the doing experiments over on the youtube uh, cigar nerds podcast on youtube uh, get your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com, promo code Cigar Nodes. Nerds, get your shirts at Real Men Smoke Cigars. And with that, metal! And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, 
your station for all things geek.